Do you ever find yourself yearning to look beyond the obvious and dreaming about what's possible in your next chapter? Welcome to the Next Chapter Experience. I'm your host, Jeanette Blissett, former corporate executive who turned the page to become a best-selling author, entrepreneur, designer, and lifestyle business consultant. Episodes feature me and a kaleidoscope of guests who share their journeys with wit, candor, and humor, breathing life into real talks about things that matter most. I believe we all have a fire burning within us, waiting to be unleashed and shared with the world. It may just be a matter of time. So let's get together, turn the page, and get this adventure started. Welcome to the Next Chapter Experience. I'm your host, Jeanette Blissett, and today's guest is Clifton Halbert. I have to tell you, when I came across his book, let me start from the beginning. A couple of months ago, a friend gifted me a book entitled Shift Your Thinking, When Will You Stand? And I thought, oh, I get a lot of books from friends, and they encourage me to read them. And most times, I'll get through the first couple of chapters. And I looked at this book, and I began to read, and I thought to myself, I need to know this guy. I need to meet Mr. Clifton Talbert. So what I did, I went on LinkedIn and looked for him, sent him a message and asked to have a conversation and he agreed. So here we are having this discovery conversation. I'm getting to know him and I simply asked him the question, would you grant me an opportunity to talk to you on my podcast, The Next Chapter Experience? And he agreed, Mr. Talbert, welcome to The Next Chapter Experience. I really appreciate you being here today. It's my pleasure, ma'am. Absolutely. It really, truly is. Absolutely. I've read a lot of books on mindset. And uh, that, I believe, was the catalyst that changed my life in terms of understanding that I had a choice. I had a choice of how I wanted to think, how I wanted to grow. I have to admit, after reading all these books on mindset, including Dr. Carol's Dweck, which I thought was prolific in terms of understanding fixed and growth mindsets. However, it wasn't until I read your book, Shift Your Thinking, When Where You Stand, The Seven Strategies for Breaking the Code. I was so intrigued and inspired by this book. This is probably the only mindset book I've ever needed to read. And I wanted to let you know that. Honestly, I wanted to let you know that this is just unbelievable. Now, what our listeners should know is that Mr. Talbert is a a world-renowned author. And at this point, how many books do you have? Fifteen books. Fifteen books at this point. Mr. Talbert is a prolific writer, and he also is a prolific speaker and has been invited worldwide to speak to all different types of organizations, addressing leadership principles, addressing entrepreneurship, addressing mindset and things of that nature. But I'm going to allow him to tell a little bit of his background background and his story. So if you wouldn't mind sharing with our listeners where and how this all began. First of all, I am still amazed at my journey. And I realized that my journey was made possible by the unselfishness of other people that I encountered while growing up on the Mississippi Delta. My family were migrant cotton field workers. And with that as my background, life-wise, it was not easy for me to envision myself lecturing for five years at Harvard University or lecturing in the Assembly Hall of the United Nations or giving a speech in Germany in the very hunting lodge that Adolf Hitler had built. Cotton was the only world I knew, and I thought it would be the only world I knew. But what happened when 
unselfish people have dreams for you and they see you walking down this road and they know there's another road that you should be on. And they set out to get you on that road because that road, not only would I be carrying my dreams, but I would be carrying theirs as well. And that to me is what I tell my son is that we are accountable to more than just ourselves. So the work that we do, the lessons that we learn, the professions that we embrace, it's not just about us, but it is a big thank you to those who literally picked the cotton so that I could be talking with you today. I appreciate that. And in reading your book, I realized that you had a great respect for what you called the people on the porch. Yes, the porch people of the Mississippi Delta. Yes, and kudos to your discernment about the experience of others and the compassion for others in their own journeys and realizing that did not have to be your journey. You talked about the Red Top Cab. Yeah, the Red Top Cab in Greenville, Mississippi. Greenville, Mississippi. It reminded me of the yellow cabs in New York when you said the Red Top Cabs. So tell us a little bit about that story. It's really interesting because you're one of the few people who've asked me about that story. But when you are a field worker and your field is near the main highway, you're always looking. And for the most part, the travelers are the same. But on a day when a red top cab comes into Glen Allen, Mississippi, that means someone who looks like you has made a trip from Chicago, New York, or wherever, and they are coming home for a visit. And you're so excited because you're going to meet these cousins that you can't even define. And they're in the cab. But the thing that really struck me, I was never jealous of their ride in the cab of their coming home. I just said to myself, one day I will be coming home. But in order to come home, I had to leave home and to accomplish something that would literally validate that ride that I would eventually take. And I think for many of us, this is what happens. It's not always a red top cab, but it is that moment in time when you realize that I don't have to pick cotton for the rest of my life. There's another road. There's another opportunity. I'm going to find it. I'm going to make it work. No doubt. And thank you for sharing that. I love your saying, when will you stand? That is just so profound. It's simple, but it's profound. And the reason why I say that is because there are many people who think that their circumstances dictate their destiny and others who have a completely different mindset about that. But when will you stand just really hit me. And it gave me an appreciation for understanding that you do have choices on the day-to-day basis and even in your situation. And the choices that you make or the minds that you have about your situation determines what direction you go. So you want to talk a little bit about that, when, where you stand? That was very important for me. Growing up in the Mississippi Delta, as I had indicated earlier, cotton picking, cotton work was the work of the Delta. That was the economy. That was what we all did. Your parents were born into that world. Your grandparents were born into that world. But at the same time, that world was not the last place that we would ever be. And it was literally in the cotton fields of the Delta that I envisioned a world that was yet to happen. And that's what I mean by when and where you stand. In other words, masterminding your own capabilities to realize that this is where I am today. This does not mean this is where I'll be tomorrow. So if I'm going from today to tomorrow, then I'm going to live my life today in such a way that speaks to the possibilities of what can happen 24 hours later. Always anticipating, always expecting, always realizing that the road that I travel is ahead of me, not behind. Just incredible. Even as a young person to have that thought, or maybe you didn't even have the thought completely articulated, but there was something in your soul that signaled to you that the 
future was not destined in terms of your present state at that moment? Because it impacted me in school. It was very difficult to go to school. I had to travel 100 miles round trip every day for four years to high school. It was not designed for you to be successful. It was not designed for you to get out and do well. But my great aunt who raised me, she got up every morning before I did and stood on the front porch in a flannel gown and a scarf tied tightly around her head and pulled the string on a 60-watt light bulb. That was a flashing light to the bus driver that I was going to school that day. She did it for four years. I never missed a day out of school, and I graduated valedictorian of my class. I'm a member of Phi Beta Kappa today, not because I'm so bright, but because she was so unselfish. And so it impacted me. Really where you stand meant that I was going to make the best out of school that I possibly could. If they were giving out A's, I'm going to get one. If there was a project to be involved in, I'm going to do it. Because my life and my future is ahead of me, not behind me. That's just incredible. <laughs> it just really is. When we started our conversation, it centered around mind hyphen set. And I was curious about that. Mind hyphen set. What did you mean or intend for the reader to understand? Since after having written that particular book, you learn a lot. As we said earlier in the pre-conversation, life is a continuous journey of learning. And I learned that the mindset is almost like the, it's like the room. It's like this incredible place where you have options and opportunity. For me, inside the mindset, because the mindset is not magical, but the mindset is about discovery. The mindset is direction from my perspective. And inside the mindset, there are several things that one can consider. First, being inquisitive. That's a gift that every human has, no matter where he or she might be. Maximize that gift. Second gift is imagination. Nothing happens without one imagination. So you have to accelerate your imagination. I'm in the field picking cotton, but I'm envisioning New York City. I'm envisioning a place I haven't been. Introspection. Take yourself on a journey. Am I going to live here for the rest of my life? Or am I going to live in New York or Chicago or St. Louis or wherever? What am I going to accomplish? I have to talk to myself. Clifton, listen to Clifton. What are you going to do? How are you going to make it happen? Those introspective journeys are absolutely essential. Then the attitude, which kind of goes back to what you said earlier with Dr. Carol Dweck. Mindset. The attitude of the growth mindset. We all have that. But in the South where I grew up, they didn't know Caldrick. They didn't know mindset. The word they used was gumption. They said, if you got gumption, you can accomplish anything. That was their definition of attitude. That was their definition of moving forward in spite of. And lastly, community. Community is so critical. Hewlett needed Packard in that garage. Bill Gates had someone in that garage other than himself. Mr. Barfield, in this incredible book you provided me, had other people around him, which he so admirably described, and give credit to, because community is very important. Get in line with people that are going your way. As I tell young people, if you're supposed to be in New York City, don't buy a ticket to Miami, Florida, wrong direction. I know that's right. I know that's right. I appreciate that. I really do in more ways than I can even explain. One of the things that you write in your book, the key to success is to anticipate the presence of influencers 
and their conversations. They are ready to talk. You should be prepared to listen. Listen to the guidance that moves you forward to your point. Yeah, I remember in my little town, it wasn't a town. It was an agrarian stock. And I remember a man called Mr. Anisep. He was a town's drunk. Now, what made him drunk, I have no idea, but he was. Everyone knew that was not a big deal. But on the day you get your report card, he would be sitting under the tree with his wine bottle now in a brown paper bag. He's trying to hide the wine bottle from us, but the bag and the wine bottle have merged into one. So he can't hide the wine bottle. But he wants to see your report card. And we show him the report card. And if you got a C or a D, his first question out of his mouth is, ain't they giving out A's at that school? <laughs> I will never forget that. Other people were looking out for your success. Other people were on the road toward you, reminding you, I don't want to show Mr. Antiseptic a D, which means if I have to report to do, I have to do that because a D is not a good thing. But if no one questions a D, you may end up assuming it's just one of the 26 alphabets. For sure. That whole idea of listening to those who want to talk is not always the person with the long list of knowledge behind his or her name. The man that sits under the tree who simply asks you, are they giving out age down there now? I don't see any on your report card. Amazing. So it's a challenge and you have to accept the challenge because that's what winning is all about. Winning is accepting the challenge and going through the routine that is necessary to get you to the finish line. That's very profound. One of the things that you say in your book is that there is a benefit to active listening, active listening. I thought I knew what that meant, but you clarified it for me. And how you clarified it was by pointing out that not all advice is good advice. So first of all, there's some discernment involved. Grab good advice, add it to your own thinking, and then take action or run with it. So for those entrepreneurial thinkers out there, those who are considering what their next or new chapters are going to be about, who are afraid to take that step because they perceive roadblocks or they're hearing messages from people that are discouraging. What would you say to them? I think the greatest gift that any person really truly has is that inner voice, that first voice that comes about because of your inquisitive nature. The pyramids of Africa were not built just because they were there. They were built because there was a lot of sand there and they can make blocks and someone figured out how to do that. So the idea is to listen dissect what you're hearing and get from that those pieces that you need in order to move you forward. Because that's the whole point of conversation from my perspective that I have with my son, with friends of mine, because I'm older than they are. Then I have a responsibility to talk with them and to help them understand that the movement is ahead of you. The movement is forward. And this conversation drives forward momentum. But a person has to be expecting that, expecting that, then getting that, dissecting that, and pulling from that what you would need. You won't always need everything someone said. They may speak for an hour, but you may only need one minute of what they've said. But once you get that, there's almost like a piece of the puzzle. I've been waiting for this. It, there's a place for it. It fits into something that already exists within your head. Go back to my pyramid scenario. The pyramids have stood for thousands of years. They weren't always there. 
they started in somebody's imagination. It all starts there. That's where it starts. You know. And we all have a head. Absolutely. You talk about imagination a lot as well. The ability to think beyond the obvious and take in some information and then mix it with your own. So when we first started our conversation, I was wanting to talk about the intersection of mindset with entrepreneurism and what's needed to succeed in that space. The Next Chapter Experience is about those who have taken that step, who may have turned the page of their life book to begin a new chapter. And it doesn't mean that you're starting from scratch, not necessarily. It could be mean that you actually take the culmination of all your experiences and all your education and all your wisdom and knowledge and actually put together uh, perhaps a blueprint for something that will be important to other people. So in the space that you're in right now, what do you call this chapter? What's the primary focus of what you do now? It's forward momentum for whomever I speak to and wherever I speak. I've had the opportunity to basically travel the world from China to Australia to Mexico to Greenville, Mississippi. I've had that opportunity, an opportunity that I could not have ever imagined as a child, but it existed for me. Because I thought that the turn roads in the Delta led nowhere. No one told me there was an airport at the end of that turn road. And there was a country at the end of that front plane ride. But the thing that moves me conversationally, the momentum that I want other people to understand as I talk with them today, that your dream is possible. But to dream and not to activate the dream and not to understand that others may be required to join you on this journey is what I want to leave. That to Embrace the term entrepreneurism is not magic in that. It's directional. It requires effort, tenacity, grit, all of those things. And I think the consuming word from my perspective is gumption. Gumption covers it all. I'm willing to get up at four o'clock in the morning if it's necessary. I'm willing to work on Sunday at three o'clock if it's necessary. I'm going to do it if I'm the only person there. I'm going to take it to the market if no one cares because I know that's what gumption does. It pushes you forward in spite of. This is part one. Plan on tuning in for part two. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Next Chapter Experience. If you have already subscribed, rated, and left a review, or shared this podcast with a friend, many, many thanks. For questions, comments, or feedback, reach out to me at Jeanette Wissett at nextchapterexperience.com. We'll be back with more conversations, so until then, keep that fire burning. <laughs>